Good morning, church family and ministry friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome today to our online internet around the world church service. And I'm so happy that you are here today because God's word is going to build you up. It's going to strengthen you to do what he's called you to do. And it's going to empower you to be the person that God wants you to be. Praise God. Now, let's receive the tithes and offerings this morning before we jump into the primary message today. And let's go over to tried, true, faithful, and proven Psalm 112. We want to look at a few verses because you are in Psalm 112. I want you to see yourself pictured in this psalm in living out the declarations that are spoken over your life here in Psalm 112. Let's begin in verse one. Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord and to fear the Lord means that you respect and you reverence. You even, uh, it even would include the element of worship. You have a heart towards God. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who delights greatly in his commandments. Uh, in other words, you are aware of the commandments you obey them and you have a delight in them. His descendants will be mighty on earth. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Now verse three, come on, this is for you. Wealth and riches will be in his house and his righteousness endures forever. God's word will work for you regardless of where you're at. You must take a hold of God's word and you must personalize it. You must say that wealth and riches will be in my house and my righteousness in Christ endures forever. Praise God. So my friends, this is God's will for you. And you know, one of the greatest blessings in the world is to have your own home in a safe place where you can come home and you have your your own, uh, like Superman, you have your own fortress of solitude, praise God. And you can go there and you can have Bible studies there. You in your house, maybe not in somebody else's house. They may want to do things different and I'm sure they will. But in your house, you can have Bibles out. You can play praise and worship music. You can watch Christian television. You can have friends over and have Bible studies. Oh, I tell you what, it's one of the greatest blessings. Wealth and riches will be in this house. May the Lord bless you with a wonderful home. Praise God. And may also the Lord bring the wealth and the riches into your house. You know, we have a lot of Christians. They try to act spooky spiritual, and they try to strip the natural meaning out of scriptures. And while there can be a spiritual application, there is also the literal application. And God wants you to have a, a home and God wants you to have wealth and riches in your home. He wants you to praise him. We see that in verse one. He wants you to uh, fear him, which means to respect him. He wants you to delight in his commandments and when you're doing those things, God will do his part and he will lift you up into a place of blessing. Praise God. You know, because we live in such a modern technical age, it doesn't take a lot to begin to have that aspect of wealth and riches in your house. Really, I think in most cultures, if you, if you go into somebody's home, the first thing they're going to want to look for is your television. <laughs> 
And how big is it? Uh, is it 4K, 6K, 8K, whatever it is? But you know what? You can get you can get televisions. I mean, the big ones now. You can get big TVs for only a few hundred dollars. So it's not like you have to sit there with a black and white TV like you're back in the Stone Ages or something like that. I mean, these things are everywhere. So by walking with the Lord, the Lord can begin to uh, fill your house with pleasant things. And you can come home and you can have your, your secret place with God. These are all the things you can do when God blesses you and you have your place. And God not only wants you to have your own place, He wants to have nice things on the inside of it. Wealth and riches will be in His house. Oh, there's a lot of Christians that are, it's almost like they're even embarrassed to read that verse. But anything that you are embarrassed of, anything that you're skeptical of, you're not sold out on, uh, those are things that you can't really participate in. So uh, you, this is something that you want to boldly embrace and not apologize for God's word. Anything that God ever says or does, you never, ever have to apologize to anybody for it. Praise God. Do you, do you think Jesus would be going around apologizing to people? I'm, I'm sorry that my ministry got so big. I, I, I really tried to keep it a little peanut sized ministry. I'm sorry that it just took off. I, I apologize. I'm sorry. I healed that man. You know, I don't know what came over me. I just felt like power go through me. And the next thing I knew I raised him from the dead. I, I, I apologize. I'm sorry. I'm going to try to stop doing that. No, God's ways are perfect. God's ways are perfect. Wealth and riches will be in this house. Praise God. Embrace the fullness of God's plan for your life. And God's plan is unveiled in scripture. Verse nine, he has dispersed abroad. Again, place yourself into the contextual picture of the way God wants you to operate and the way that he wants you to flow in his kingdom. He has dispersed abroad. Well, that's a giver. And so to be able to disperse abroad means that you have an overflow, an overflow, not only to do something locally, reach out and give a blessing, but even abroad, further and further away. He has given to the poor, praise the Lord. Of course, you can't, you can't give it all to the poor because you would be depleted. Um, I've been in places where, uh, one time I was in a very poor area of India, and there were... There were lepers and lame people and sick people and no hospitals in sight, but sick people in sight as far as you could see. And they're all asking for money. Even if they're blind, they're listening. <laughs> and when they hear activity, they'll start just shouting for money. So it, it didn't matter. It wouldn't matter if you had millions and millions and millions of dollars. By the time you could leave that one area, if you gave it all, you're going to be depleted. So you have to give with wisdom. But yes, we also at the same time bless the poor. Now it says again, he has dispersed abroad. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. Praise God. Psalm 112 is the picture of the kingdom man, the kingdom woman walking with God and just enjoying life in a place of blessing and in a place of overflow. As you bring your tithe today in the storehouse of the Lord and you bring in an offering. My friends, picture yourself in Psalm 112. This is a Psalm that in your free time, I would like for you to read through and meditate on wealth and riches will be in this house. There are churches in America that if you stood up and read that and you said, that's for us, they would throw you out. They throw the preacher out of the pulpit and they say, Oh no. Oh yeah. And this is what someone do. They would say, even if we are supposed to have it, 
We can't, we can't talk about it, and we can't, we, can't, we can't never use the W word, wealth. Don't ever use that. My friends, there's, there's no power in man-made religious traditions. They strip the church of God's blessing, and I'll tell you what it'll also do. It'll strip you of joy. Woo! Watch out. If you're in a church and nobody's laughing, nobody's smiling, and nobody's joyful, and is as quiet as an impoverished church mouse, watch out. Hallelujah, because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. There's going to be some joy. Mm-mm. And, you know, there's the old saying that uh, it's not in the Bible, but a lot of people say, well, money can't make you happy. Oh, well, I can do a lot of happy things with money. I, I don't know about those that are making that statement, but uh, I can do a lot of happy things with money. I can, I can uh, feed uh, those that don't have food. I can, I can go out and I can get a pair of shoes to wear so that I don't have to go barefoot. I can, I can do a lot of good things with money, and it can generate a, a, a happiness. Now, it can't get you to heaven, okay? But yes, money can make you happy, and you can use it as a tremendous uh, tool of blessing. Woo, praise God. Wealth and riches will be in this house. Well, for those, you know, that say money can't make you happy, what about the verse in, in the Bible in Ecclesiastes that says money answers all things? Mmm, praise God. Well, money may not make you happy completely, but it will, it will pay the electric bill, and money will buy your plane ticket, and money will supply the food that you need, and money will allow us to purchase airtime on TV, and money will allow us to support missionaries, and the printing of Bibles, and the building of hospitals, and the raising up of churches, and on and on it goes. My friends, don't be allergic to prosperity. Don't act like there's something leprous about what would actually be a blessing of God. Wealth and riches will be in His house. And his righteousness endures forever. God wants you blessed. Mm-mm. Watch out for the old fuddy-duddy religious traditions with the big frown uh, and the, uh, the the impoverished mindset. There are some in the church. They love God. Uh, they're saved. They're born again. They're on the way to heaven. But they have an absolute suffering mentality. All they can see is a mindset of suffering. Well, my friends, when we get in the Word, we see that Christ bore those, those various sufferings, whether it's physical, even mental, with the crown of thorns being placed upon His head, and those long thorns piercing into His brain, uh, through the skull, even in, into the brain. But anything that the curse brought into the earth, Jesus has completely and fully redeemed us from it through his death, burial, resurrection, and ascension into heaven, and our full deliverance is in that salvation package. Praise God. It's time to be happy. It's time to be blessed. Well, Pastor Stephen, what, what do I need a big house for? Well, maybe, maybe somebody is trying to get out of a country that's war-torn, and they end up in our country, end up in your state, end up in your town. And, uh, you know, the town says, oh, what are we going to do? Well, so often when situations really do get to a boiling point, who helps out the most? 
Oh, Pastor Stephen, that's the atheist clubs. No, <laughs> no, you won't be hearing from them. No, it's the churches. <laughs> it's God's people. Hallelujah. Amen. And you could say, I've got, I've got room for four. Come on over. Praise God. They can't stay forever, but you can stay till we get you up on your feet. Because after all, you want your own place. Praise God. So, but come on over. We'll have a good time while you're here. Mm -mm. I'll, I'll read it again. I'm the crazy Pentecostal preacher who, who is not embarrassed of this verse. Wealth and riches will be in his house, and his righteousness endures forever. Praise God. I tell you, sometimes just to have the, the essence of wealth, all, all you got to do is, is get a good vacuum cleaner. Uh, you know, you get one of those Dyson vacuum cleaners, people walk in and you go, <laughs> they go tell all their friends, she's got a Dyson vacuum cleaner in her living room up against the wall. I saw it. I saw it with my own eyes. Wow. See, they, they already think you're a millionaire just because you have a Dyson vacuum cleaner. My friends, I'm telling you that you don't have to have a Rolls Royce parked in your garage. You can have the Dyson vacuum cleaner and people, oh, oh she's got, she's got a really high end vacuum cleaner. Yep. Yep. That's all it takes sometimes just to alter your whole atmosphere in your home and it starts turning into a place of wealth and riches. <laughs> Ooh, and you know, like you see one of those KitchenAid appliances. Oh, she has a KitchenAid blender and it's in red color. You know, okay, so it costs $200, but it makes your kitchen look like you've got, now got a $200,000 kitchen alone. Wow, I'm telling you, God can start bringing it in. Wealth and riches will be in your house, and His righteousness endures forever. Praise God. Don't, don't just go out and be buying all kinds of things at the old uh, used nickel and dime store, other stuff that people gave away, and uh, you know, you, you're getting something that's all used and wore out, and you're going to put that on your shelf, when all you have to do is go to the store, or go to Amazon, or go online somewhere, and you can buy a brand new one for just a little bit more, and it looks beautiful, and this, that, and the other. Hallelujah. So, let the anointing of the Lord Jesus be upon your mind and see yourself with a beautiful place to live with wealth and riches in your home. Praise God. Hallelujah. It's shocking. Little side note. It's shocking to read the Bible and see all of the great men and women of God that the Bible, which is inspired by God, says they had a home. Well, now, Pastor Stephen, Elijah lived in a cave. No, he did not live in a cave. He spent some time in a cave, <laughs> but he didn't live in a cave. How many of you know caves aren't good places to live in? Snakes, uh, dripping water, uh, and plus, back in those days, no electricity. Caves, God didn't design humans to live in caves. He designed bats during the daytime to live in there, but even at night, they've got to come out. Hallelujah. So get rid of the caveman mentality. God wants you to have a nice place. All of these great men of the Bible, when you read through it and all of the prophets and you, you start reading and it says he went to his home or he was at his home or this or that or the other or Jesus, uh, you know, walking along the way. And uh, uh, a couple of disciples of John said, um, said, uh, where are you going? He said, I'm, I'm, he said, I'm going to my home. Come on with me. See, a lot of people, they have such a religious mindset. They thought that Jesus was going to lead them underneath the bridge somewhere, you know, or, or, you know, well, foxes have holes in the ground and birds have nests, but I don't have anywhere. Man, I don't have anywhere. I'm just sleeping out in the field tonight. No, no, he had a home. He is the prototype. He is the example that we follow. He had a home. 
Praise God. May God bless you with a beautiful home. Praise the Lord. Well, I feel like I kind of camped on that a little bit extra long this morning, but maybe that's because God is concerned about where you're camping at. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now, let's honor the Lord with the tithe and with offerings. Praise God, because as we work God's covenant system with a heart of love for Him and His kingdom purpose, then God will see that all of these things are added to you. Praise God. Now, for those of you that are mailing in your tithe and your offering, please send them to Stephen Brooks International, P.O. Box 717, Moravian Falls, North Carolina. The zip code here is 28654. If you want to bring your tithe and your offering in online, you can do so. Please go to the ministry website, stephenbrooks.org. There's a link on the homepage. There's a red heart, and it says give. You can click that and bring the tithe. T-I-T-H-E, not a T-I-E. I've got plenty of ties. Bring in the tithe. God's kingdom is full of ties. <laughs> I'm not wearing one today. We have plenty of ties, but God, God, He, he establishes the covenant not on, not on the T-I-E, but on the T-I-T-H-E. Bring the tithe. That's 10% of all of your increase. And also, because of the growth of the ministry, we always have various projects we're working on. And that gives the opportunity to sow seed to give an offering above your tithe. And if you would like to do that, then I would encourage you to visit uh, the orange link that says projects on the homepage. Click on that and you'll see the various projects. And I want to say a big thank you to everybody that uh, is still continuing to sow into the Field of Dreams project. We've purchased it, but the purchase was a, uh, was a considerable down payment, but we still have the balance to pay off. So thank you for continuing to sow into that so that we can get that whole property paid off. Praise God. In the moment it's paid off, mm -mm -mm. we're going to do something very, very special and build something that will be very effective for, uh, helping us with television, the new studio, etc. It's going to be a lot of fun. Praise God. So thank you for your support. Thank you for honoring the Lord with your giving. And I see God blessing you with a beautiful home. Some of you already have a home, but I know some of you are also wanting to move. So you're going to sell what you have. And I believe your next destination will be your best one yet. Could, who knows, could be the, the final spot that you live the rest of your life out because you like it so much and you're positioned so well by God. You just say, Lord, this is it. I'll make my stand here until life is a wrap or you come to get me. Hallelujah. It's going to be good. Praise God. Let me pray for you right now. Heavenly Father, there are some that are watching right now uh, that are going to receive a blessing for a miracle home. I just thank you, Father God. I see a couple of people right now. You're going to give them a miracle. They're seed sowers. They're givers. And they're going to get their dream home. And uh, they're going to have some new special things in it. Father, we give you praise. We give you praise. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father God. We thank you, Father God. We give you all of the praise. Thank you, Father God. Bless the seeds that your people are sowing. Bring them their heart's desire harvest, I pray, in the name of Jesus. Beautiful, sacred harvest that melt their heart. Father, we give you praise. Thank you. We're all in. We are all into your kingdom plan. We bless you in Jesus' name. We all agree and say, Amen. Praise God. Now, Let's uh, take our Bibles. We're going to go over to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 5. 
And I almost forgot, uh, let me just let you know, March 22nd, which is Tuesday, is my birthday, praise the Lord, number 55. And I want to say thank you for those that have been sending in some birthday cards. And uh, I've noticed that uh, some of those cards have had some nice, uh, precious blessings in there. I appreciate that. And so thank you for those of you that uh, have uh, had it on your heart to honor me and be a blessing to me on my birthday. It's number 55. My mom told me, she said, um, she said, son, you were born at 1137 in the morning. I said, praise the Lord. I'll claim that number as a special number. <laughs> so thank you for being a blessing. I do read every card that comes in. And also, um, uh, I just, uh, I just thank you for that. Thank you. Praise God. It means a lot to me. Praise the Lord. Now, today we're over in Luke chapter 5. We're going to talk about golden Christianity. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we're jumping into today's study, we ask that your Holy Spirit would come with golden illumination. Help us to understand it, see it, grab it. Thank you, Father. We believe you're going to solve problems today, and we give you all of the praise in Jesus' name. We agree and say, Amen. Praise the Lord. Luke chapter 5, let's go to verse 3. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. Praise the Lord. Now, when you're teaching the multitudes, you have to understand that you can't go too deep with the big group. With the large group, you're going to have, <clears throat> excuse me, you're going to have a wide spectrum of those that maybe do know some things and those that maybe just were barely able to figure out how to get to the meeting. Okay. So you, you have this big, this big uh, difference. So when you're going with the whole group, you have to share something that will, that will not uh, overfeed or underfeed. It kind of has to target for the general audience. And that's what the Lord is doing. He sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. The teaching is all good, and the teaching is all life-changing. But the teaching for the multitudes is different from what you can teach uh, to those that are, uh, you know, have a different hunger, that are, that are more committed, and uh, that are ready to go further. Praise God. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And that's what we're going to be talking about today in the sense about going out into the deep. It's time for you to move on out into the deep. And it said that uh, the Lord instructed, let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Now, I think, I think this is a very interesting statement where he says we've toiled all night and we didn't catch anything. Um, I don't think Peter is willing maybe to admit this, but I wouldn't be surprised if this were not the only time this has happened. And, you know, can you imagine just you, you work all night and you're only going to get paid by the fish you catch and you don't even catch anything. Wow. Well, that happened that previous night and he's tired and so forth. But he does say, nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And so off they go. And so he had worked all night, nothing to show for it. But my friends, it's time, just like it was for Peter, it's time for all of these weird, unproductive ways 
in life to permanently end for you. Praise God. And something is going to fall off today from your life that has previously been unproductive. Maybe it seemed like it was stifled or throttled, whatever it might be. You couldn't find any fish. Not, not that you didn't try, but something is going to break today of that unproductivity. Praise God. No more toiling all night and having nothing to show for it. So let me say this. There is no problem on earth that does not have a solution somewhere out there in the deep. And guess what? Peter is going to make that discovery. I want to say it again. There is no problem. It doesn't matter how complex it is or even maybe how simple it is, but there's no problem on earth that does not have a solution somewhere out there in the deep. So we're going to talk today about launching out into the deep, which takes you into golden Christianity. Jesus wants you and I to move into the depths of his word to end any form of frustration, disappointment, or basically fishing trips where you fish all night, but you don't catch anything. Woo. Praise the Lord. Mm -mm. So again, there's an answer somewhere out there in the deep to end these things. Every solution can be found in the depths of God's word. Now, Let's look at this from the natural realm just for a moment. Natural treasures, they don't come easy. What if you want to get to the oil? Well, you can't drill, you know, five feet, ten feet. Even in rich oil areas, you're going to have to deal, uh, drill deep. And usually that's several thousand feet, if not thousands and thousands of feet, 15,000, 20,000 feet. I've even heard of oil wells going deeper than 30,000 feet. So you're miles and miles down. These things do not show up on the surface. Same thing with, uh, for example, gold or precious stones. Have you ever walked down the street, maybe a dirt road even, okay, and found a diamond? You know, okay, we know that it would be rough if it's a, a raw diamond, but that just doesn't happen. What about a big piece of gold, just gold all over the place? No, it doesn't work like that. You have to go deep. That's why diamond mines, they are dug very, very deep. And the gold, because gold is so heavy, it's always going to go to the bottom or wherever the bottom is at. And if that means, you know, uh, 50 feet down, you've got to remove all that soil before you can get to the bedrock. Even if this is a gold type area, you got to move all that stuff out of the way to get down to where the gold would have settled at. Nothing is at the top. That's a value. You're, you're going to have to apply effort to go out into the deep. Praise God. Now, here's a great example too. Let's go to the book of Job just for a moment. Job chapter 41 and verse 1, God's talking to Job and he said, can you draw out Leviathan with a hook or snare his tongue with a line which you lower? This is this phenomenal sea creature. And, uh, you know, of course, we don't, at least as far as we know, we don't have any of these big things living out in the ocean anymore. But it's fascinating, particularly if you go to the Washington, D.C., Smithsonian Museum of Natural History. And I've been there, you know, multiple times over the years, but they have one, uh, they have the skeleton of one of these ancient sea creatures that, you know, 
It's longer than from me to you. It's, and it's probably three times as long as that. And you're thinking, wow, I would not have wanted to have been out in the ocean and something crazy like this be coming through the water. <laughs> Especially with, uh, you know, back, way back then with no bullets and no guns or cannons or anything like that. You think this thing is impossible to stop. And God says a lot about this creature. Look at verse 31. He, Leviathan, makes the deep. Notice, notice, um, you're not going to find Leviathan in that little creek back behind your house. Pastor Stephen, I've got a little stream back behind my cabin. That's sweet. That's nice. You may find a crawfish back there. Maybe, maybe even some little perch that could, you know, begin to develop if the water is a little more depth. But no, you're not going to find Leviathan. Where's he at? He would only have been out in the deep. He makes the deep boil like a pot. He makes the sea like a pot of ointment. He leaves a shining wake behind him. One would think the deep had white hair. I, I've got to go just a little bit further. Look at verse 33. On earth there is nothing like him. This was an amazing uh, creature. Now, each year we have more and more animals that go completely extinct. That means they don't exist, sadly, on the earth anymore. Uh, and so we, you know, we don't have any type of records of this guy. Maybe we'll get a better fossil or a real fossil of him one day. On earth there is nothing like him which is made without fear. He beholds every high thing. He is king over all the children of pride. So this was just an absolute incredible animal. But you know what the thing is, whether it's Leviathan or a whale or a dolphin. You're not going to find them uh, in that pond down there where all the guys go fishing at. No, you're never going to, that's just not going to happen. Well, Pastor Stephen, we have a lake. That's nice, but you're not going to find a whale either in a lake. Okay? So these things are way out in the deep, way out in the ocean. Praise God. And see, even if you have a little pond and you catch a little catfish or something like that, Nobody's going to talk about that. I mean, you just take it home and eat it, okay? Uh, I personally don't eat catfish. I don't, like eat, I don't like eating the bottom dwellers. I'd rather eat what's at the top. <laughs> I like whitefish. I like, uh, what, Chilean sea bass? Maybe my favorite. And halibut. I like the ones that are swimming up, up at the top. I don't like the creepy crawlers or the ones without fi uh, fins and scales that are floating around along the bottom. But uh, even if you caught a bigger fish at the pond, it's not going to make any news. Why? That's common stuff. But it's the stuff that makes the news that's out there in the deep. That's the really big things. And I, I see you making some news. Praise the Lord. And notice that when Peter also, when he went out to make that uh, catch, he's going out there and you know, he was really caught off guard by the astonishing catch that took place. But you know what? God's going to catch some of you off guard. And you're going to find that God's really with you and that he's speaking to you and that you're going to begin to get some amazing solutions to really begin to rise to a place of influence for the Lord's kingdom. I remember when I was in, I was in high school and we lived uh, down in South Texas, so we're right on the Gulf. And my, my dad took me and my brothers out on a deep sea fishing trip one weekend. And so we get on the boat. It's a big boat. About 100 guys on the boat. I don't think there are any ladies on the boat. 
but not that women don't like fishing, but for whatever reason, it was just a bunch of guys. So uh, this is like a day trip. So out we go, way out into the Gulf of Mexico. You know, you're, you're gone so far out, you can't see the land anymore or anything like that. So you're way, way out there where uh, where you drop off the continental shelf, and then the water goes that deep, dark. It's a deep blue. It's a total different blue color. I love that. You only get that out in the, out in the deep. So we're way out there. And um, so finally, when we got to where we were going, uh, you know, they passed out all, all the fishing poles. So you got a hundred, like a hundred men, all with fishing poles. And some are, you know, they're real serious. Some guys are they're real serious about their fishing. And I got this pole and, you know, big pole, didn't really know what to do with it or anything like that. So uh, I got my bait on there and uh, everybody throws their lines across the side of the ship. And I'm standing there and out of everybody on the whole boat, boom, a, a kingfish hit my line. I caught the first fish out of everybody there, and it, and it was a big one, too. And everybody's looking at me, and I'm, you know, doing my thing and trying to bring it in. Finally got him in, and he weighed 44 pounds and brought him on board. My dad said, wow. He said, he said son, you, you caught the first fish out of everybody. I said, wow, it's a kingfish. Mm -mm. Exciting. Praise the Lord. Amen. Well, uh, you know, these types of things of inspiration are out there in the deep. These things that would pertain to what God's going to do for you. Mm -mm. I, see, I see some of you coming up with amazing deep revelations because you were out there. You were out there, and that's where you caught them at. Woo, praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Let me say this. There is no insurmountable mountain anywhere. Oh, yes, there is, Pastor Stephen, that Mount, that, uh, that Mount Everest. Oh, no, no, there's teenagers now that have climbed Mount Everest. So there's no insurmountable mountain anywhere, okay? Maybe, maybe one on Jupiter, eventually, eventually humans will eventually get there and probably try to climb that. But, you know, uh, these, these challenges and things that you can come up against, there is a solution, praise God. So whatever seems to be refusing to remove out of your life or to let go. Um, the reason some things stick around is because you haven't caught the revelation that you need to move that thing. And you can only get these revelations out in the deep water. Mm -mm. Jesus said, let's launch out. Let's go into the deep. Hallelujah. And that's what the Lord is doing right now. That's what the Holy spirit is moving up on your heart uh, to impress you to do, to catch these revelations. So you have to go out into the deep. Praise God. Let's go over to Psalm 42. Psalm 42, verse 7. Deep calls unto deep. Some of you, bless your hearts, you've had a lot of fun on the beach, <laughs> splashing in the water, you know. But it's time to go out there because you feel it in the depth of your heart. And that's the Holy Spirit saying, come on out here. Come on out here. And we do seem to have, you know, people say, you know, okay, the COVID pandemic, whatever. But to me, it seems like there's a, like some kind of a pandemic has swept into the evangelical church in America. It's like a, it's like a pandemic of shallowness. And it's like people are celebrating and thinking this is so deep. And you look around, everybody's standing on the beach, and the water's just coming up to their ankles or getting their feet wet, and they're going, Ooh, this is it. And you're like, no, 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 no. And so when you've been out to the deep, you're like, no, 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 that's, there's a lot more. 
Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, if they want to stay there, you know, those that like that are all into all that. They want to stay there and just have fun. That, that's, that's, that's okay. But you can't get deep revelations there. You have to go out into the deep. Praise God. Now, deep calls unto deep. At the noise of your waterfalls, the waterfalls are the, are the revelations of the Word where it's literally like, when the revelation starts flowing, and you'll have to bear with me, this is a little hard to explain unless you've actually had it happen, but it's very similar to standing under a waterfall where it's just, it's just, it's like gushing, it's coming upon you, and you're catching revelations and things from God very, very quickly. Deep calls unto deep at the noise of your waterfalls, all your waves and billows have gone over me. The Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime and in the night. His song shall be with me a prayer to the God of my life. One time, uh, me and Kelly and uh, uh, our, our son, he would be my stepson, but we're very close. He and his wife and my daughter, we all got together. And I think there was a few others. We all went down to the, uh, the Charlotte National Whitewater rafting centers where the Olympic team practices at for their, you know, whitewater, whatever, kayaks, everything from kayak, anything to do with water. There's a whole bunch of water there. So we went down there to the rafting center and, um, you know, you go through these uh, man-made rapids, okay? And uh, so there's a lake close by in the river, and they pull all, divert a lot of water through this training area. And so they have different levels, and they can take you through like level one or level, level five, which is like a, you know, extreme level. Well, it was kind of later in the day, and the, the guy in the back of the raft, you know, that's the guy, that's the pro dude, said, you know, we have time. If you guys want to be a little more advanced, we, we can, he said, I can take you over to the advanced area. And so there were a few on the, on the raft that said, oh, well, then we'll get out. So some got out. The rest of us stayed in, and we went over there. And he, he, he was so skillful, the guy at the back, who's actually kind of like controlling like a rudder with, you know, with this paddle, he navigated through all the, uh, you know, all the uh, turbulence and so forth and swung us over to a waterfall area right where, you know, right where I was sitting at on the raft and stuck us underneath the waterfall and it all was coming down on me. And it was the funniest thing because I couldn't stop laughing. I, I, you know, somehow trying to breathe at the same time, but water just gushing over, over and over and over and over. And I was laughing and laughing uncontrollably because the Holy Spirit was touching me. <laughs> and everybody was like, uh, why, are, why are you laughing so hard? I'm like, I, you know, I'll explain it later. I'm having too much fun to explain it. But at the same time, I was being touched by the Holy Spirit and also catching revelations. Praise God. That, that also happened on a different occasion when I was at home. I'd been at home for several hours just uh, in fellowship and prayer with the Lord. And while I was hanging out with God, uh, I can't remember how long I'd been there. It was, it was several hours. And I looked out the window and my wife and daughter are coming up the long, the, up the road. And they're, they're going to make that turn and come the long driveway down to the house. And I knew up there and down, that's probably about two minutes. And I said, well, Lord, I've had a good time with you. I've been here. I said, Lord, you haven't really said that much, but I've sensed your presence and I've enjoyed your word. And, uh, well, I, I guess I'll have to get ready to go. And right then it's like, it's like a water spout or a waterfall. I shouldn't say a water spout, which shoots up. It was a waterfall of revelation where deep 
waters just began to pour over me, and I grabbed the pen and a notepad, and I was writing so fast that I couldn't even, and then I stopped, and I couldn't keep up with it. I said, God, I can't keep up, can't keep up with you. And I said, Lord, not only that, I've been here all this time for hours, and you've, ne you've never said anything. And, and now I've hardly got any time before, uh, you know, my wife and daughter pull up. I said, I said, why did you keep me here so long? And now here at the very end, now you're talking to me. He said, I did that on purpose. He said, because I so love your company that I held back from talking to you lest you might leave sooner. So I kept you here just as long as I could and began to speak right at the end because I tried to keep you here as long as I could. He, he literally told me that. I heard him say that. Now, the wording that I just used, I kind of paraphrased it, but that's basically what he told me. I kept you here as long as I could because I was so enjoying your presence. <laughs> and some of you are sitting there having your devotional time, and you think God's not showing up. And you're, you're studying the Bible or praying, and you think God doesn't hear or whatever the case might be. And he's, he's watching everything. <laughs> he's watching everything. He can see your eyelashes move. He can see your fingers going through the page. He sees everything. He sees everything. You see into your brain, your mind, your heart, and, and everything. He's got everything. Woo, praise God. I was actually sitting in my room one day uh, when I lived in that same house on the mountain, and uh, I was just doing a Bible study, and uh, I, I'll be honest, the Bible study kind of felt a little boring, you know, like no heavy glory or not, nothing like that, just a, just a normal Bible study. And I had this unusual thought that just kind of came over me, like, God, I'd like to just get up and go grab an axe and go outside and chop a tree down. Because you could look out the window, there's just trees everywhere, there's a forest everywhere. And I said, I just, I just feel like grabbing a, grab it, go out outside, grabbing an axe and chopping down a tree. And I took my Bible and I just set it down. And when I set my Bible down, it opened up randomly and a, pay, a, a scripture lifted up off the verse. I've had this happen multiple times in my life. A scripture lifted up off, a, a, a verse lifted up off the page and the verse said, he who would go out with an axe and cut down a tree. <laughs> I said, oh, my God. And the Lord said, I know every thought you think. He said, I know every dream and desire of your heart. He said, I know everything about you. And he said, I, uh, you know, I love you. This is the way I've created you. And this is you, the way you are is the way I've made you. Every person is, is unique the way I've made every person. And uh, I said, God, I said, you know me better than I know myself. Woo. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. But my friends, these things happen in the deep. You have to get on out there and get into the deep. You know, sometimes people, they, they, in order to try to solve their problems, they do the best they can from a natural, even psychiatric perspective. Maybe they, maybe they go, they go to a, a psychiatrist or a psychologist and they, they, you know, they sit on the blue couch and then the, you know, the man takes his notepad and his pen and says, now tell me about your life and uh, tell me about your problems. And uh, by the way, it's uh, $1,500 an hour. Don't, don't forget that. Okay. And he's, you know, <laughs> he's like, you know, he's making a lot of money while he's, you know, solving your problems. And there can, there can be healing in that. But um, I'll tell you what, God, God is the original manufacturer of your spirit, your soul, and your body. And there's nobody that can fix you the way God can. And for, for some of you that maybe are dealing with trauma or maybe some kind of mental anguish, I'm telling you, uh, if you want to get that fixed, you need to go out to the blue waters and go sit on the blue couch and let the Holy Spirit begin to help you because he can take you on a journey like you've never been on before in your life. And it's just like 
It's just like a psychiatrist or something. You can sit there on the couch and say, now, Holy Spirit, I'm, I'm a born-again believer. I know you're on the inside of me. I also know that you're the paraclete. And in Roman culture, that would be the right-hand advisor to the king. So I know that you're also in me, but you also can be next to me, and you can counsel me. He is the counselor, and you can, you can help me in this area. And you're talking about some wild therapy sessions because the Holy Spirit, he'll take you back to the root. He doesn't give you a band-aid. He cleans the wound and, and then puts in the balm of Gilead, the healing anointing of the Lord, and he'll, he'll get you healed. Hallelujah. And it doesn't cost you any money. <laughs> Woo. Just go sit in a chair or a couch and begin saying, now, Holy Spirit, um, why do I do this? Why am I defeated in this area of my life? Why do I have this certain stronghold in my mind of this negative way of thinking? What's going on? Help unravel this. And he'll take you back. He'll take you back. He'll take you back to the source. And what will he do at the source? He'll help, help you with an ax to, to cut it down. So you, you, you have to, if you want to kill the tree, you don't just, you know, cut off little branches. You, you go to the roots. You start cutting the roots, all the things over with. Now that's, that's what's amazing about the Holy Spirit. But again, these are deep water realities. These are things you can't, you can't sometimes even talk about these in the shallow waters because a lot of people, they're just, you know, they're just trying to go by, day by day. They, they, you know, maybe they're not even thinking about the kingdom or thinking about, let's take a look within. No, that's not really on the agenda. But if you're willing if you're willing, God can go out there with you and do some amazing things and give you some, as we would say, uh, the waterfall moments with God. Mm. Woo! Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Now, I wrote down that deep revelations end deep frustrations. I want to say it again. Deep revelations end deep frustrations. I was... Um, I was looking at a certain Christian television station recently. The station actually went off the air and, uh, you know, ceased to uh, exist years back. So the name of it, none of that's relevant. But I remember that this station, uh, which was in another country, uh, this station, uh, the man that owned it was a Christian man. He was a Christian Arab. It was, the station was in the Middle East. And the owner of the station said, please pray for us that God would bring provision, that God would send money. And, you know, months would go by and the money's not coming in. And finally, he said, after years and years of broadcasting, it is so sad that we have to go off the air. And, you know, God's people didn't respond. And uh, we prayed and for whatever reason, God didn't respond. And so we have to bear this tragedy and go off the air. And he went off the air. And then, you know, then you had the people that don't understand the ways of God. So they think, mm, well, maybe God just couldn't come through. Maybe God, maybe God couldn't do it. But I was curious and I looked into the situation because remember, uh, there's always an answer out there in the deep water. And if you go get the answer, you fix your problem. Now, if, if you're going to, you know, just skirt over all of this, uh, the problem doesn't go away. Well, what people didn't know and was what was not told when he would make these announcements. And even after it went off the air, a lot of people didn't know it, but those in the area did know what was going on, which was this. Yes, it was a Christian station airing Christian programs, airing Christian ministers. But he, this, the owner of the station began to feel some financial pressure. And do you know what he did? 
he had some Muslims come to him and they said, we want to buy airtime on your Christian channel and we'll pay you really well because this is a prime time. This is right. This is like, like five o'clock in the afternoon during the main uh, Muslim call to prayer. And so they brought the, excuse me, they purchased airtime on a Christian station so they could live telecast the Muslim called the prayer. Now, let me ask you a question. How in the world is God going to bless a Christian station and respond to a request for financial provision when you're over here promoting Islam? When you're over here having Islamic prayers, how in the world is God supposed to bail that out? He didn't. But yet people are like, oh, we can't believe God let that station go off the air. Oh, yeah, God, God sat back and wouldn't touch that for anything. Yeah, he'll let it go off the air. Absolutely. Uh, if you want to fix it, go out into the deep water and let the Holy Spirit reveal scriptures to you of how stupid that is to do something like that. When you muddy and pollute the waters and you, you, you defile it like that, how can you with a good heart ask God to come in here and carry this burden? No, no. <laughs> One waterfall experience will wash the craziness away. Hallelujah. Oh, but Pastor Stephen, uh, uh, but sometimes you have to have the money and you have to do whatever it takes. That's why people get under stress. That's why people get under pressure because they start doing it their way and they're compromising. They've made a compromise. And now the enemy's got them uh, in a certain area where their foot, uh, uh, maybe one foot is in the kingdom, but the other foot is now over on the devil's turf. And now the devil can hit you. Very, very dangerous. You must walk. In these experiences of going out into the deep waters, particularly when you need to solve troubling, sticky situations where it seems like something's being throttled down, something is now uh, unable to advance forward, need to go out there and find out why. Boom, and fix it. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Some of you really do need to schedule a, uh, an adventure, not, for, not, not really for uh, deep water fishing, but for deep water revelations, praise God. Hallelujah. The, the subject is not fish, it's revelations. Revelations of God's Word. Now, Proverbs chapter 24. Proverbs 24, verse 13. My son, eat honey because it is good, and the honeycomb, which is sweet to your taste. So shall the knowledge of wisdom be to your soul. If you have found it, there is a prospect and your hope will not be cut off. So we're told here to eat honey, which is a type of the word. Milk is used in God's word to describe growth for young believers. The milk of the word. That's what young Christians need. And then when you get stronger, you process uh, or you transition over into the meat of the word. And it's the meat that develops the muscles and gives you the real strength, the meat of the word. But the honey of the word is different. The honey of the word is illumination. And that's what creates your expectation. Your expectation of what? Well, that illumination or the honey gives you glimpses into your destiny, into God's call of your assignment in life. And boom, what does that do? That now releases expectation within your heart. Now you see that 
uh, because of the honey experience, now you're excited to get up in the morning because you know what your assignment is. And now you're ready to apply yourself throughout the day because you have a reason and a purpose. Oh, praise God. So we need the milk, we need the meat, but we absolutely need the honey. And concerning the honey, if you have found it, there is a prospect. The word prospect can be translated a reward, a reward. There's a reward. It also means there's a latter end, a latter end of what? Uh, a latter end. In other words, you have an assignment to fulfill. It also implies there's a way out. There is a way forward. How? By the honey revelation from the word, the word that gives you revelation of the application in that situation, the fix that frustrating problem. Mm-mm. And for Peter, it was fishing all night. Can't catch anything. Irritating, frustrating, <laughs> financially frustrating, frustrating to a man's ego. Uh, you know, all, all the stuff that's rolled into that. Oh, oh, praise God. Deliverance, deliverance comes from the deep waters of the word of God. Now let's talk for a moment about accessing these deep water revelations. And we see this in Hebrews chapter nine, Hebrews chapter nine, verse one through four. Let me grab a drink of water. Excuse me. And let's read. Then indeed, even the first covenant had ordinances of divine service and the earthly sanctuary for a tabernacle was prepared. The first part in which was the lampstand, that would be what we would call the menorah, the table, and the showbread, which is called the sanctuary. And behind the second veil, the part of the tabernacle, which is called the holiest of all, which had the golden censer and the ark of the covenant overlaid on all sides with gold, in which were, number one, the golden pot that had the manna, Aaron's rod that budded and the tablets of the covenant. Praise God. Now, it is very important in your Christian journey that you understand that the tabernacle system represents different levels of walking with God. And you must, as a believer, move into the Holy of Holies, and you must not stay out in the outer court. You must even move past the inner court and then the holy place and come into the holy of holies. Why? Because that's where you can feed on the manna that is in the golden pot. And it's only found in the holy of holies. This is where supernatural success secrets are unfolded and unveiled to you. Woo! Praise the Lord. Let's go to Revelation chapter 2. Revelation chapter 2. And let's drop down to verse 17. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give some of the hidden manna to eat. Woo! Praise God. Now, a dear old friend of mine who's now in heaven a very special friend, Dr. Wade Taylor, he often talked with me about the hidden manna. As a matter of fact, some of his articles, he called them uh, hidden manna. But there is food that you can eat, spiritual food, that others are not 
aware of. And this is supernatural food, supernatural revelations that unveiled to you what you're supposed to do. Now, in the business world, they would call this proprietary knowledge. In other words, maybe a company has made a product, but they, they're not going to tell you how they made it. Why? Well, it, it could be complex, but in its complexity, maybe it only takes a few ingredients to make it. So they're not going to tell you how they're doing it. Coca-Cola as much as people have wanted to know, Coca-Cola is not going to unveil their secret formula. My, uh, my wife and I, we've been to um, Atlanta, <laughs> to the very vault where they keep the secret formula inside of there. But they're not going to take that out and say, well, you know what? We've just decided to share with everybody what this is so you can all make it yourself for free at home. No, they're not going to do that. And, um, you know, I think one of the most amazing uh, uh, products was that product, that material that uh, was called, uh, I think the name was Starlight. And it was made by a man that was, a, of all people, he was a hairdresser. And, you know, he would do women's hair and stuff like that. And he would make his own hair formulas. And he uh, even had like a little mini lab uh, in his home where he would create new hair dyes and hair colors and things to help people's hair. Well, he ended up making a product that uh, it just astounded uh, NASA. It astounded the scientists at Boeing and Lockheed Martin. He made a product that uh, he could take this coating and coat an egg with it, and you could take that egg and put a blast torch right on it and just blast it. And all, all that egg has is that thin little layer of that material, and you could just blast it with a blast torch for minutes, on and on and on it goes, and it wouldn't do anything to the egg. As soon as you take the torch away, you just grab the egg and the egg is still raw on the inside. It's not hot. And they thought this is a miracle product. It was. And he, and they offered him like, you know, wealth <laughs> beyond anything he ever knew way beyond what any hairdresser would make. And no matter how high they offered, he kept, he still wanted to go higher and higher. And uh, they never got the formula. Even today, nobody's figured out that, that uh, proprietary knowledge that he had, and he died with the secret. But, you know, uh, perhaps somebody will catch a revelation on that as well. Who knows? But my friends, these things are closely guarded. But, but there are things in the kingdom that are behind the veil that are for God's people that will release it and use it. Can you imagine if you had discovered that starlight material and uh, let's say Boeing offered you a billion dollars for it, but then, you know, maybe a bidding war breaks out and you got another, uh, another aerospace company. They say, oh, no, no, we'll, we'll, we'll give you 5 billion for it. And it all breaks out and you fight, you settle on 7 million. Can you imagine the tithe on 7 billion? Woo. Praise the Lord. Mm -mm. Sending that money out to ministries. Mm -mm. Praise God. <laughs> well, I'd be like, here, take it. Enjoy it. Go, go put it on the bottom of your space shuttle, whatever you're going to fly next. Have a good time. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, even Job attributed his success from having received secrets from God. Let's take a look at this in uh, the 29th chapter of the book of Job. Job 29, praise the Lord. And let's start in verse 1. Job further continued his discourse and said, Oh, that I were as in months past. Now he's having a hard time right now. God's going to get him out of that. But he said, Oh, that I were as in, time, as in months past. 
as in the days when God watched over me, when his lamp shone upon my head. Now, God's not holding a lamp over Job's head saying, Job, I see your hair. You've got exactly 10,321 hairs on your head. No, this is a lamp of illumination and revelation of knowing what to do to move his tremendous business venture forward. And also, of course, to please God. When his lamp shone upon my head, and when by his light I walked through darkness. And so you can have these things of darkness, but there's the solutions, the light through the deep water experiences. Just as I was in the days of my prime, when the friendly counsel of God was over my tent. There it is right there. God was counseling Job. God was counseling Job woo, with knowledge and insights that others were not privy to. And he's taking that and walking in it and it is producing in his life and it's going to be producing in your life too. From this day forward, hallelujah, you will not be held back anymore. Praise God. Receive it in Jesus name. When the friendly counsel of God was over my tent, when the almighty was yet with me, when my children were around me, when my steps were bathed with cream and the rock poured out rivers of oil for me. So verse four, which is the friendly counsel God's advice, God's illuminations from that lamp experience is what produces verse six. When my steps were bathed with cream, one translation says, when my steps were bathed with butter, mm -mm. that's going way beyond putting too much butter on your toast. When you've got enough to put your feet into it, when my steps were bathed with cream and the rock poured out rivers of oil for me, the, the, the oil, the revelation flowing, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Divine counsel produced divine direction, leading to supernatural provision that Job enjoyed. Praise God. And of course, you can also read about all of the things that he did with his financial strength. Verse 12, I delivered the poor who cried out, the orphan, the fatherless, and the one who had no helper. The blessing of a perishing man came upon me. I caused the widow's heart to sing for joy. And he goes on and on and on that all of the things that he was doing to be a blessing through the strength that he had financially. I was eyes to the blind. In other words, that's like starting a school for the blind. I was eyes to the blind, and I was feet to the lame. I was a father to the poor. I searched out the case that I did not know. I broke the fangs of the wicked, that would be the debt collectors, and plucked the victim from his teeth. Wow. All of these things he's doing. Praise the Lord. And he's walking in tremendous overflow of prosperity. Praise God. Not to take the money and go send it off to Planned Parenthood so more babies can be murdered. No, he is using provision and he's using this tremendous wealth for righteous purposes that glorify God. I see the same scenario unfolding for you because you have launched out into the deep and you are receiving the friendly counsel of God. Praise God. Now, Golden Christianity, my friends, cannot be found in the outer court. We must get into the Holy of Holies. And so getting into this place, there's one primary thing that we need to realize as we're going into it. It takes blood to access revelation. And let's go back to Hebrews chapter 9, just for a moment. Hebrews chapter 9, it takes blood to access revelation. Hebrews chapter 9, this time we're going to verse 6. 
Now when these things had been thus prepared, the priest always went into the first part of the tabernacle, performing the services. But into the second part, the high priest went alone once a year, not without blood, which he offered for himself and for the people's sins committed in ignorance. The Holy Spirit indicating this, that the way into the holiest of all was not yet made manifest while the first tabernacle was still standing. Verse 9 says, it was symbolic. Praise God. Now, the blood of Jesus cleanses us from sin and makes us acceptable to God. Praise God. When you spend time with God and you launch out into the deep and you're having a, a good time with the Lord, just always thank God for the blood of Jesus. Just say, Jesus, it is because of your shed blood and, and the, the tearing of the veil that I now have access to come literally into the very throne room of God. Hallelujah. Glory to God to meditate, to spend time with the Lord and to have the lamp turned on and to have the waterfall moments. See, you can have a waterfall moment with God of revelation that keeps you busy for the next five years where it just, it flows so fast. You, you write it down and you're like, wow, you step away from it. You're like, wow, now I know what to do. Praise the Lord. So as you're on these adventures with God out into the deep waters, always honor the blood of Jesus and plead the blood of Jesus over the word of God as you study the word of God. Because when I say plead the blood, I'm not talking about begging. Sometimes people think to plead the blood means to, to beg or something like that. Others say, well, we shouldn't use the word plead. We should just use the word apply, like apply the blood. But that's not correct either. The, the word pleading is actually uh, the type of uh, wording that's used in a judicial system. In other words, you go before the judge, the judge is going to say, how do you plead? Not how do you beg or not how do you apply? How do you plead? I plead not guilty. Why? Because I'm pleading the blood, the blood of the man, Jesus Christ, because of his blood, I plead not guilty. His blood covers me. Praise God. So you see, this is a courtroom type uh, wording that we're using. And when you're into the word, hallelujah, and you're into these revelations, say, oh, Jesus, by your shed blood, uh, show me what to do. Hallelujah. I know you've got an answer for me. Mm -mm. And praise him. Spend time with him. Praise God. Praise God. Take, take your problem. Take your trouble. If it can be in picture form, uh, put the picture on the center of a table and just walk around that table praising God. Jesus, thank you for your shed blood. Hallelujah. I'm coming into the throne room right now. I'm coming into the Holy of Holies. Lord, you got an answer for me. I'm, a, I'm here to eat from that golden pot of manna. Mm -hmm. I'm here for some hidden manna. I'm here to receive some proprietary knowledge. Oh God, show me what to do. Hallelujah. Just worship God, pray in tongues. Hallelujah. And probably within about 45 or 50 minutes, you're going to know what to do. Hallelujah. And then from that point on, begin to walk it out in the fear of the Lord, in the fear of the Lord, not that you're afraid, but in the reverence of God, because we are told that we need to live our lives uh, in a way where we're cognizant that to whom much is given, much is required. Praise God. And some of you, the Lord has really lifted you up from where you started out at, and you can never go back. You know too much to go back. Not only that, you have too many others 
that are like, they're coming to you now. So God's, God's shaping you into that leadership role. Hallelujah. And so you must go forward, praise God. This is the only direction you can go now. Hallelujah. Praise God. So God's going to give you the answers that you need. My friends, you have to have those adventures with God. You're never going to find the well in that little pond uh, behind your house. And the answer that you need, you're never going to find it within three minutes of prayer. You have to go on out there, spend some time with the Lord, get out in the deep, enjoy the deep. Praise God. And let the Holy Spirit unveil some amazing things to you. Lift your hands. Father, I just give you praise. I thank you for your people. I know I'm speaking to hungry hearts today. And there are many, Lord, that uh, there are some pieces in their life. They're not sure how... Uh, where it's going to go in the puzzle of destiny, but you're going to show them. And I thank you, Father. Uh, there's not one person that you have created to live a pr uh, to live a life of pressure, intenseness, and uptightness. That is not your will. All your ways are ways of pleasantness. But Father, there have been some. They're they're watching. They're trying to rush something or trying to force a peg, a round peg through a square hole, and they're they're trying to do things, and that's why there's tension, or they're trying to do too much. So Lord, I just thank you today as they perhaps would walk around the table and put that problem before. You're going to show them how to uh, walk it out the best way, the peaceful way. And Lord, your ways are smooth, like uh, walking in butter. Hallelujah. So Father, I just thank you. I thank you that you are, even for some, you are lowering uh, blood pressure. Because some have gotten themselves, uh, they've gotten some uh, tense over some issues. And that's also affecting their ability to to reason and to think with us in a smart way. So Father, we just thank you for calmness and for peace. We give you praise. I thank you, Father God. The invitation is extended now. Deep is calling unto deep. We thank you, Father. We'll see you out on the ocean blue. Hallelujah. Out in the deep water. In Jesus' name, say, I receive. Amen. Praise God. If you're watching today's program and you do not know the Lord Jesus Christ is your personal Lord and Savior, there is no other God but Jehovah God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, three distinct persons in one Godhead. There's one God. It's a mystery. It's kind of hard to explain. But all of these other so-called gods, they're not gods. These are lies and deceptions. Jesus is the only mediator between God and man. He's the only way. He is the only way to heaven. There is no other religion that can lead you into eternal life or that can deal with the sin issue. Jesus is the only way. If you would like to get your life right with God and have your sins forgiven and receive eternal life, call upon the name of the Lord right now. Pray this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner, but you died to save sinners like me. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for my sins. Come into my heart. Wash all of my sins away. Give me your new life. Write my name in your book of life. and Step into my life, Jesus, and lead me and guide me from this day forward. In your name I pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Welcome. Welcome, welcome to the family of God. Hallelujah. And I would love to hear from you. Those of you that have prayed that prayer, email me at contact at stephenbrooks.org. I want to document your salvation. Hallelujah. My friends, let us take Holy Communion together. I want to encourage you to
grab some grape juice, grab some unleavened bread. And if you are a believer in Christ, you can take Holy Communion. Let's pray over it. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the bread and the juice. Through this prayer, we bless it and we set it apart. We sanctify it as being holy. And we thank you that this is now the body and the blood of Jesus. Now, Father, as we receive the Lord's body, we thank you, O God, for access into the golden manna, the hidden manna in the golden pot. We thank you that we're not supposed to have some kind of grayscale life, but we're supposed to have the golden colored life of golden Christianity. Everything, oh God, with the, with the um, holy place and the holy of holies was gold, gold, gold. We thank you, Father God. We thank you for full redemption. We give you praise for the, the body of Jesus. We receive it now. We receive his flesh now in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's partake together. Deep revelations coming to you. You're about to be settled in some things. Some of you are a little shaky in some areas. You, that, that's why if a critic comes along and says something, you, you get, you get a, oh, I don't really know, and you start retreating. Why? You're not settled. You're about to catch some revelations from the word that are the deep truth that will ground you and root you. You'll never come off of it again. Praise God. Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus. We plead the blood. We plead the blood that what that man did on the cross, the sinless Savior of the world, he did it for us. And he took our place. We plead the blood. Hallelujah. That we are covered with his blood. And so that he bore the curse, the sin, and shame. Oh, God, so that we could be free. We thank you that he's our high priest. And he is our eternal sacrifice. We thank you that all of his blood was poured out. And we celebrate, oh God, our redemption. And now the veil has been torn. We can come into the very throne room. And Father, we can look at you not with our head down, all in shame or embarrassed, but with our head up and looking at you in the eye. We give you praise. We thank you for what the blood has done. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. We receive the blood of Jesus with great thanksgiving. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's receive. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Glory, glory, glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise the Lord. My friends, thank you for joining me today. Also, for all of you birthday well-wishers. I really appreciate that. I'll be number 55 on Tuesday. Thank you so much for being uh, thoughtful of me. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your love. Thank you for joining me today, and I'll see you back real soon. Bye-bye.